guys, how are we all? Let me just go live on TikTok um, and record for the podcast and away we go. So let me just, let me get my pad out, sorry, um, just so I can make a note of who's asking me questions. There we go. Right, got a few hands up already. Hello to those of you on TikTok. Good evening, guys. You're in the lounge. I pressed go then, didn't I, before I was actually ready? Um, right, let's kick off with Jill. You have your hand up first. I'm going to send you an invitation um, to speak. So whenever you're ready, Jill, let me know. Ask your question. Sam39, you're next. Hey, Jill, how are you? Jill? Oh, can't hear you. And I know that you're a regular on Discord, so let me check. I haven't got you on mute. I've got my volume up, so it's definitely not my end. But I definitely can't... Oh, there you are, Jill. I can hear you now. I think there's sometimes a lag, isn't there? There is. I think there is, you know. Yeah, you're absolutely yes, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's me again. Yes, fine. What's your question? So Amy kindly sent me some names of barristers today. Oh, yes. And am I able to, to contact them directly? Absolutely. And what we can do... Can you tell me who she sent you, Jill? What? Who were uh, they? Oh, two seconds. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening, just while Jill finds that email that she got from Amy today, um, Amy's my assistant, um, there are barristers up and down the country that will actually take direct instructions. They're called direct access barristers. And what that means is that they don't need a solicitor to be that go-between. The majority of barristers will only actually um, take instructions from a solicitor. Um, and of course, um, Jill isn't one of my clients, but she's a regular and needed some help. So we've put her in touch with what we call a direct access barrister. So um, what we then sometimes do is we'll make a recommendation as to who we think. But you can then go onto the website and you can download their CVs, essentially, um, and read up a little bit about their background. Did you get their names, Jill? Yeah. So Kirsten Allen is one. Oh, ben yeah. Hazeldean is another. Yeah. I think they're all from the same... Um, same chambers, company. yeah. Yeah. So Kirsten Allen is absolutely excellent. Um, she was in court for one of my other clients today, um, Kirsten. So I would recommend her in a heartbeat. Very thorough. Takes no prisoners at all. Um, ben is a little bit softer. Um, so it depends sort of what approach that you're after. Because, um, you know, d different cases need, need a different skill set, I think. Um, yeah. But certainly uh, would 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 have both of them on my team. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't recommend one yes. over the other. Um, just depends yeah. on what you need. But I was just saying, Jill, while you were away there, you can actually go onto the website and download their profiles. So there, oh okay, fabulous. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Well, I suppose start with budget because Amy would have also sent you their prices as well. Um, yes. And and let that be the first guide. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would thoroughly recommend Kirsten. As I say, she was in court today for me and I brief Kirsten a lot. Um, she's probably one of my top five, I would say. Okay, brilliant. All right. Um, and, and I do definitely need someone that's more on the, uh, the firmer side because I mean, yeah. this is the... That, so that time of being in court over this yeah she's she's incredibly thorough so you know the kind of barristers that will email you the night before and say right i'm just looking at the bundle now and they're in court in the morning 
Kirsten's the one that, you know, she's stamping up and down if I haven't sent her the brief a week before. She really does like to be that organised. And okay. yesterday she had the position statement done for my client by about 10 in the morning. She wanted it proofread so she could file it with the judge. And she wasn't due in court until three o'clock today. So she's, she's very organised. Um, yes. and, and who very who does the bundle, Tracy? Do I have to do that then? Um, or, or we can do that for you. Um, generally, generally, we would do the bundle because um, we would know exactly what needs to go into it. Yeah. So we would do okay. that. Yeah. I'll come back to Amy then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Jill. Again. All right. Speak to you soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 Um, Sam, you are next up. So whenever you're ready, you can ask me the question. Sadly, we're not on Facebook tonight, guys, because usually Paddy will do it on his phone, but he's having some problems um, logging onto Facebook. So we just got TikTok um, who are listening in. So hi, everyone on TikTok. Um, Sam, hopefully you have received that invitation to speak, Sam39. So whenever you're ready, you can ask me your question. What I'm going to do is next in my list is Lulu. So I'm going to invite you up as well, Lulu. And whoever gets there first can ask me the question. There we go. Lulu, you're up. What's your question? Hi there. Um, Hello. I went to call um, back in, well, a few years ago now um, yeah. for my boy. Um, basically, the court said that he can have supervised access yeah. every other weekend, which has to get done via my mum. Yeah. Um, he's been messing my son about. Uh, my son's only seven. Um, one minute he was seeing him, the next minute he doesn't want to see him, and... Um, my mum messaged him because she's going away this week um, and he was like, no, don't worry, I'll see him um, in another two weeks. So that means he's gone five weeks without seeing him. Right. Um, so I'm just wondering whether I should take him back to court and try and get monthly visits because I don't think he's got any interest in him at all. I'm not so sure that you have to be the one to take him back to court, if I'm honest. I think that if, he, if he's if he been ordered sort of fortnightly and he doesn't want fortnightly contact, then you could sort of start to make monthly contact a routine without having to go back to court. So you could say to him, look, you know, you're not sticking to the court order, so let's just stick to monthly visits. If he disagrees with you and says, no, actually, I want fortnightly, let him take you back to court for the breach, is what I would suggest. Right, OK. Does that make sense, Lou? Obviously, I can't have no contact with him, so yeah. it's my husband that has to do it all. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was like, don't worry, I'll see him in a couple of weeks, and um, no, don't worry, don't... And then my mum offered him a different day. She said, um, we can meet you any day during the week. Yeah. Um, he was like, no, I'll just see him next time, and he's like, not bothered. Yeah. But obviously, I don't want to break the court order myself. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, but you're doing it, you know, we, we, we sometimes advise that if it's in the best interest of the child. And it's better that than to have a child sat there when the contact time comes around and then dad doesn't turn up. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, yeah. you can put it on yourself to say to him, actually, no, you've missed a few contacts now. So let's just, you know, clearly you can't keep up with, with fortnightly. So I think it's in the child's best interest if we do it monthly. And as I say, if he disagrees, let him take you back to court for breach. And then, of course, when you get to court, Lou, you're going to tell the court exactly what you've told me. And say yeah. the only reason... And he's always late. Like, he's never yeah. on time. My son's waiting there for, like, 45 minutes. Where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? And he's, like, 45 minutes late. Yeah. He lives, like, down the road. I would I would be um, moving my clock then. So if contact is set for midday, I would be getting there for about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. 
or quarter no, to, no. you know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't play those games, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. I would sort of, you know, ha- whatever time it is, have it as a loose time and maybe turn up at half 12 or whatever. Right, because okay. you, you've got to so, think about what's in the best interest of the child, you know what I mean? You haven't got to yeah. stick to that order so rigidly if the other side isn't treating it with the same importance. Okay, so my mum, obviously my mum does the contact, so she's going to have to make that messy of, like, contact with him to tell him, I suppose, just to say, like, it's, it's not working out or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's I'll, it. Um, I'll let her know. All right, Lou, no problem. Thank you so Thanks. Much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Sean, you are next on my list. Oh, Sam, you've appeared. Hey, Sam, what's your question? Hello. Uh, right. Okay. So, um, basically, myself and my ex-husband, uh, we are divorced. Um, we own. Uh, I'm calling him out of the mortgage. Um, yeah. What I've offered him, he's said is not enough. He basically wants exactly half um, or a little bit more than half of what's in the equity. Yeah. Um, I've been to uh, see a solicitor. We're trying to get things sorted and a financial clean break order was alongside it. Yeah. Um, I have a 16-year-old that's still in education now. Does that go for me? Um generally it's when it's until the children reach the age of 18 so yes if if, yeah so uh, anything under 18 any child under 18 it's still classed as a dependent yeah right because my solicitor actually said that if it went to court yeah it could take a while to get there so there's no point putting anything in a letter right so what was their resolve then (laughs) <laughs> um, she didn't actually put it in. She just oh, said, okay. she basically in the letter, she just said that I was offering this amount, that I was going to pay the costs yeah. to get him off the mortgage. Yeah. He came back basically wanting double the amount of what I offered. Yeah. I think the key thing, and, and don't get me wrong, um, all solicitors work differently. But if yeah. as a client, your client comes away and they're not actually 100% sure, A, what they're legally entitled to, and B, what the strategy is that you're going to deploy for these financial negotiations, you've got to go back to your solicitor, okay? Your solicitor, right. uh, sorry, your client, when I'm giving advice, you have to be sure that your client knows exactly what they're entitled to. That's the first thing. And then yeah. you have to, it, you, you, you both talk about the strategy, and, and what's going to how it's going to be deployed. So I think for, for you to be sort of told that, don't bother doing this, that's, and you're not quite sure as to why she said, go back and ask them, is what I would say, right. Sam. It doesn't, because what you're telling me doesn't sort of ring true with me, if I'm honest. It's still a dependent child for another two years. That's and if, what, that's what, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, and, and whilst, yes, it does take a while to go to court, we're taking, we're talking three months. So, we're, you know, we're going to be in court. If you made the application today, wherever you are in the country, you're probably going to get a hearing date in about 12 weeks' time. Now, I know that's only the first hearing, but it's the first of three. And if a court indicates at the first hearing, because a lot of courts, a lot of judges will be really helpful and they'll say um, to everyone that's there, so the two parties and the two solicitors, look, if I was deciding this today, this is the order I'd be looking to make. And, of course, it gets everybody thinking then, because if the judge is saying it, well, then maybe we should start listening to the solicitors or listening to the other side or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, would it would it also help the fact? I mean, I've actually paid the mortgage on my own without any financial help from him at all for the past five and a half years. So that's not going to go in your favour, sadly. Right. Uh, no, okay. because the court would say that you know you've got exclusive use of the property there. You've been yeah. paying it on your own. If you needed help with it, you should have applied for spousal maintenance. So sadly, no, Sam. Yeah. That's not going to help you. Right. Okay. I didn't think it would. I was just making sure. Yeah. Right, that's absolutely that's fine. perfect. Bless you. Thank you all so right. much for your help. No problem, Sam. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sean, you are next up whenever you're ready. Hi, can you hear me? I can indeed, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so my scenario is this. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I have been married five years. Um, we are unfortunately not in a position right now to um, afford a deposit or a mortgage. We're in rented accommodation. Yeah. Um, now, uh, she's self-employed, so anyway, my in-laws have said that they will want to release equity from their house to give my wife her inheritance early. With that inheritance, they want to give approximately 150000 for us to put down on deposit for a house, but they have stipulated the house needs to be in my wife's name with the land registry. So it'll be her house and I'll be living in it. Right. I don't feel very comfortable with that. Where do I stand legally? Are you talking, Sean, in terms of a divorce? Because... No, no, we are... No, we are well, I mean, you're, um, it, you're, if the worst were to happen, yeah. yes. OK. So, yeah. I mean, as long as you're married, it doesn't really matter whose name it's in, because as her husband, you are legally entitled to that. You know, that will be the former matrimonial home. So, it, as I say, it, it's, an, it's a marital asset, regardless of whose name it's in anyway. Um, and then, you know, right. if, if divorce was to happen, um, then it would be treated as a joint asset, as, as a marital joint asset, regardless of the fact that it's her name that's land registry because effectively um you know it's the it's the family home it's what we call the matrimonial home so you're not at risk yeah. purely because you're married if you weren't married i'd be giving you different um you know different suggestions but you're you're, you're fine sean okay very All right. good so i've spoken to a mortgage advisor today who's yes. actually said that um there is a possibility that uh, they could put a clause in that gives her protection on that 150 which is fine if they were to do that is that is that an option is that something that can be done i'm not sure what protection they're talking about are they talking about a deed of trust or are they talking about ah, i think that's it yeah okay that's what they were talking about so yes. a deed of trust is is an agreement between you both that says you know in the event the relationship breaks down she's going to take away her 150 all right. However, yeah. the court has the power to override that because when if, if in divorce proceedings, if it does come before the court, the court has to make sure that both parties housing needs are met. So what I mean yeah. by that is that if the court was to be guided by the deed of trust and by being guided by the deed of trust, if that meant that you were then out on the street, well, the court's never going to make an order to that effect. All right. right. So I, I would be questioning why she wants the deed of trust. You know, if you guys were going through a rocky patch or thinking about divorce, absolutely. But if you're yeah. married, I mean, it's akin really to doing a post-nuptial agreement. But that I wouldn't be advising in this instance because we're talking about the matrimonial home. 
Yeah, I mean, things between she and I are quite good, but yeah. it's just, you know, well, obviously, obviously the conversation arose today, if the worst were to happen, what would happen in terms of me yeah. in the house and her, her standing with the house, given that they her family have put the money in. So yeah. um, this is why the questions have arisen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that's helped, Sean. It has. Thank you very good. much indeed. You're Thanks. welcome. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Cassie, I've invited you up next whenever you are ready. What's your question? Hi. Oh, hi. Hello. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Oh, lovely. Um, so I've, um, I'm in a position where I well, spoke to a mediator yesterday and um, they've signed me over to sort of like attend court because they don't think mediation will work with my, with my ex. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I don't have any, a solicitor anymore just yeah. because I've got so far where I was like, I think that I, I ought to do what I can on my yeah. own. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm sort of thinking, right, I'm just going to do the the application to court. If at any point I need to pull in some legal advice, at what point could I... I've heard this lady before, Jill, talking about a barrister. Yeah. At what point would would I be thinking, like... Because one of my friends is just in court at the moment, and he's like, how have you got, how have you got to this point? You need to go away, and I advise you to get... Um, uh, legal advice. I'm thinking, yep. oh gosh, if that happens, then like, do do you pull in a a, a barrister, or at what point do you yeah. know, do I be can I should I be thinking of that 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 sort of could be on the horizon? Okay, or... so have you you haven't made your financial application yet, Cassie? No, no, no. Yet, no. And and in terms of the divorce, where are you in the process? Have you issued I, the divorce I, petition? I've got so yeah. so really I've got I've got my decree nice so I wait okay. for that yeah um I really what I'm wanting is um he's not he's not complying at all with I'm wanting to get the finances sorted and that sort okay. of done and dusted and I want yeah. it, so really it's like to sort out the finances really and then okay. sort of, complete the divorce with that with that yeah so i just wanted to make sure that you had issued the divorce petition because pointless putting in a financial yeah. order if that bit's not done but that is so that's fine i yeah. think i i always say you know if, if people um are on a budget which you know the majority of us are and you can't in yeah. afford ongoing legal representation at the very least get that consultation just that one hour consultation to establish exactly what you're entitled to okay that would be step one mm -hmm. from there you could then Complete the form A yourself, which is going to yeah. trigger a financial application and send mm -hmm. it into court because the form's going to ask you what are you what what do you want what order do you want you want a lump sum a property adjustment periodical payments well you'll know the answer to those questions because you'll have had that one hour consultation so you My. send your form A in. And the next step is the court's going to list it for a court hearing and then give you some homework to do. So you've got to complete the form E. Now, chances are you could do this bit yourself. Complete the form E, add on your financial disclosure and then swap it with the other side. Mm -hmm. Depending upon what... I'm not what sure you... how I'm going to do the swap because I don't even know where he's living at the minute, but I, okay. I guess I'll come... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna definitely need to be able to serve him and know where he is. But once mm. you've then swapped financial disclosure, then I would say take another hour's legal advice, because then what you right. want to know is because your your first hour was based on what you know i.e. Yeah. all of your financial position. The second hour would be based on, well, okay, now we have um, clarity on what the other side have got. And then, of course, we can tell you, right, these are the questions you need to be asking them and this is the kind of order that you want to be asking the court for. So I would say definitely yeah. at, those, at those two points in the process. 
Great, thank you. That's All right, great. And, you're welcome. And, and, and in terms of sort of getting a barrister in, you don't think that's kind of necessary? Or? No, not not for the first appointment, Kazi. I would say you could even do the first appointment yourself. It's just a directions mm-hmm. hearing. At the second appointment, if you really felt that you were getting a little bit out of your depth, then again, solicitors will do the first and the second. It's generally at final contested hearings that you'll get barristers in. Um, where right. things or, or if the case is really icky if there's loads of assets yeah. or the other side you know you just don't feel comfortable maybe representing in court yourself um, or sometimes yeah. people just want them from the start for continuity it's entirely up to you there's yeah. no right or wrong you'll make a judgment call according to what your case needs okay yeah all right okay, i think there's a lot of hidden assets and things that he's hiding so i, I think potentially there might be i might I don't know. It's it's messy. It feels, but it shouldn't be. But okay. I, I feel, okay. Yeah. So well, um, take okay, take I'll, I'll take. take yeah, Thank have you. a think about having that hour consultation, and then you can maybe because you'll have more information then, and then you can make a decision after that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank Great. you so much. You're Thank welcome. You. Bye. 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 Uh, next up is F Palm. Whenever you're ready. Hello. I can't hear you. I'm going to go to uh, Jamjar. Oh, yeah. F Palm, can you hear me? No, you've gone. Jamjar, I've sent you an invitation. Whenever you're ready, ask me your question. Uh, I'm going to try you again, F Palm. Jamjar's here right now. How is it I can help? Oh. Is that on mute? No, can't hear you. What's happened? Let's try F Palm. F Palm, can can you hear me? No. Okay. Having some issues. Let's go. I'm going to ask Scott. I'm going to pop you two back in the audience. And Scott, I can hear you. What's your question? Hello. Hello. Um, my ex-wife and I divorced and the financial remedy order is in place. Um, we went to mediation for access to my daughter and it was agreed about four years ago that I would have um, a weekend with midweek dates to supplement the dates I missed due to my old shift pattern. I've since changed jobs, allowing me consistent weekends, um, but she keeps planning parties, days out, and time that I should be having with her. Is there any way I can stop her from doing this so I can spend the full amount of time with her? You say you've got a child arrangements order. I've got a mediation agreement. Um, oh, okay. I went to mediation with the... Um, intention of going through the courts but it, it went to the point where I was happy with what was mentioned I would get um, consistent uh, weekends and yeah. midweek dates yeah. but that hasn't been adhered to by her and it's it, it, it only lasts to my knowledge a year and it was about four years ago now yeah I would I would get a child arrangements order Scott so you would do that by filling out the C100 form and you're just ticking you want a child arrangements order. And what that will do, it will, it will put what was agreed in mediation um, into an order. So at least it's in black and white. Because then if she doesn't allow you the contact that's been ordered by the court, then she's in breach of that order. And then, of course, we can ask for consequences if she continues to breach. So to protect your position, I would be saying a child arrangements order is needed. Okay, that's fine. Also, just sorry, just quickly, um, yep. I moved away due to my job, yep. albeit it's only 25 miles. Yep. Um, she refuses point blank to meet me halfway or even do one journey. 
Okay. Is there any way I can stop that, or is there any way I can so, get her to yeah, do anything like so, so typically the court would hope that parents would work that out themselves, but if they're unable to, then the court will take a view on that. You've got to ask the court to, to make a finding on that, but the court will do that. And it might be that, you know, if she turns around and says, well, I just can't do it because I haven't got a car, I don't drive or whatever, sometimes the courts will say, well, okay, dad does the pickups and the drop-offs, but then that amount will come out of the child maintenance that he pays. For example, you know, if mom just flatly refuses to do it then you know the court does have other options available to it um but it is something that you can ask the court to to make a decision on yes brilliant thank All you right. very much you're welcome thanks scott um so i've got next up i've got mini mojo whenever you're ready ask me your question yeah hello um basically um i'm looking at well, trying to change my daughter's last name back yeah. to my last name. Um, so they've currently got their dads. Um, he's not involved with them at all. Um, he's been able to like message my mum yeah. and things. Um, ignored their birthdays, ignored Christmas. Um, what do you think the likelihood is of the court granting the name change? Because I, I know straight out he'd say no. I, so the the test will be is it going to be in the child's best interests you know it's it's that that's what the judge is going to be looking at ultimately so if the children keep their name is it going to do you know their current name is it going to do them mm -hmm. any harm and if the answer to that question is no it's not going to impact them in any way um, mm -hmm. then it may be that you'll struggle to have your application succeed but if you present your case that, look, you know, my name is this, he doesn't have any contact with the children and they're constantly asking me, why can't we have the same name? And, you know, am I their mummy, blah, blah, blah. And depending on how old the children are, then you've mm -hmm. got a better chance of success because actually it is having an impact on the children and it is causing them to, to worry and ask questions and play on their mind. So it really does depend on the reason why you're asking for the name change. Yes. All right. Uh, but, it was just more yeah. because they're very young. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've got no connection with his family. Yeah. But um, so it was just more making sure they did feel kind of involved in, in, in like in, they were the same as their own family. Included, yeah. And and that makes perfect sense. And that's a lot of yeah. the re lot of times that you know the reason that parents will ask for a name change. So you've got nothing to lose. The worst thing that can happen is the court say no, but you've lost yeah. nothing by trying. Okay. All right. Great, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Blueberry, you are next on the list. We have a busy lounge this evening. Sorry, TikTokers, I'm not able to answer any of your questions. We are so busy in the lounge. There's still about 25 hands up here. Um, I'm not even getting a chance to read the questions on TikTok. Uh, Blueberry, what's your question? Um, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um... In the consent order says that I do have the right to buy my ex-husband off out. Yeah. Uh, my question is, I'm trying to since April when I got my mortgage approved, but since then he wasn't replying to his solicitor for two months, neither to my solicitor. Um, then he was always going around the corners um basically it was constantly going in the circle 
I've done a January in the January evaluation, and I know it's valid for six months. As at least that I've been told, and they haven't been agreed to the evaluation. They constantly been pushing uh, for his price, what he wanted, but I didn't agree to that. In the consent order is written, when we don't agree, we should get a chartered surveyor. Um, I've done that. They said, well, it hasn't been jointly instructed, so we don't agree with it. Then when I said, okay, then let's get the one what is jointly instructed. And they wanted to see my full mortgage offer, which I did send to them. But then again, they said, okay, we are holding off jointly instructed surveyor because you are not able to raise enough to buy his share off. And I'm saying with the help of my family and uh, obviously the mortgage, I might be able, we just need to determine the price. But then they are still not complying. So you have to, you're, you're going to have to, if you've already got a solicitor, I'm surprised he hasn't told you the matter's going to have to go back to court. You know, if, yes. if yeah, so you. The point, my point, my question is to right. this because my solicitor that time, uh, she was at the background. I was asking questions because I wanted to save a little bit money. But then I said to her that she needs to come on board because they are just taking peace, you know? And. Um, so what's your question? Talking, Sorry? What's, so, what's your question? So the question is. I said in the, she wasn't replying, and then my last email because I was mentally very down. I sent an email to his solicitor saying that I will buy his share uh, another time. Now, my solicitor said when I spoke to her the other week, she said we need to go back to court. She emailed them that we are going to take it back to court if they don't agree with the surveyor I've done, even though it wasn't jointly instructed. It's yep. still the Rex surveyor. They sent back the email that I said, uh, where I said that I will buy his share another time. Now she said she is confused, and I still want to take it to court, but I want to know where I stand. I, sorry, Blueberry, I don't know what your question is. You need to take this one back to court because there is no agreement between both of you and your husband. So what's but your question? He will, say, he will say that I said in the last email to his solicitor that I want to buy his share. Who, who, on it, honestly, but, but listen, there is no agreement. So it doesn't matter what email you sent. You've changed your mind since then. You were under pressure, you know, mounting legal costs. And I think that needs to be your defence. You, you just be okay. firm. You be firm and go back to them and say, yeah, OK, I sent the email, but actually things have changed. You know, when we're negotiating financial settlements, things change yes. all the time. I get my clients saying, yeah, I'll agree to it, Trace. And then the next day the room and go, actually, no, I don't want to do that anymore. That's fine. People change their minds. So don't, don't, be oh, okay. in, don't, don't worry about that at all. OK, just take the matter back to court. And do you think, uh, can I ask the costs to be paid? No, you need to ask your solicitor that because I don't, I don't know the first thing about your case. So she, she oh, will have right, a much then. better idea given what's involved as to the costs, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. Chris, uh, you are next up. What's your question? Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm about to start a divorce with my wife. And my yeah. question is she's French and has inherited property in France under the, I think it's pronounced donation partage, which means her father still lives in the house, but she has been gifted some of it. So 
does she have to declare that, which is inheritance that she's accrued during the marriage? And will that form part of the marital assets? Absolutely. If it's in her name, Chris, already, then yes, it will. It will be included in the asset pool. Okay, cool. And then second micro question, I'm lucky enough to have an au pair. Will the fact that the au pair stays with me in my house for five of the seven days of the week to help looking after their kids, will that mean that I can justify a larger share of the, the marital assets because I require additional bedrooms? Not because you have the au pair, but because you have the children. So because you have the children the majority of the time, that will be reflected in a higher percentage. So it's one of the reasons that we will come away from equity, from just a 50-50 sorry, a, a split. Yeah. yeah. So we actually have the children equally, but okay. the au pair mainly stays with me. Okay. So then, I'm able to provide then, the au pair for childcare yeah. because I have a larger house. No, then the answer to that is no. It, it, won't, it won't be determined on who has the help in. It's determined on the needs of the children and where the children live. So if they live with each of you for equal amounts of time, 50-50, then yeah. that will be how the equity is then decided. How you then yeah. look after the children, who you want wish to engage to help you with that will be entirely down to you okay understood and all one right. last quick one i know yeah. you've got a lot that's all right if i owned a property before i was married yeah. and those assets were never mingled i'd never used that as part of deposits yeah and i own that property does that does that perform part of the marital assets or does that sit outside absolutely of it? no it will all be included as a marital asset to begin with then we're going to look at the entire asset pool and we're going to be looking at the needs of the parties. If there is a potential to ring fence those premarital assets, then we will we will do that and, and we could potentially succeed. But if we need those premarital assets included in order to satisfy housing needs, income needs and capital needs, the court will want them left in. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, thank yeah. You. Okay. Yeah, perfect. That's super clear. Thank Brilliant. You. All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye bye. Miss Stan, you're next on my list whenever you're ready. Hi. Hello. Um, so I'm in the process of going through divorce with my ex. Yeah. Um, we've already gone through mediation and we've done the financial order through mediation as well. So we're at the point where the financial order is about to be presented um, yeah. in court. But at the time that the financial order was sorted, he claimed that he wasn't earning any money in his job. Yeah. I, I know that that's not the case. I just can't prove anything. And I just want to understand where I stand in terms of if I'm able to use a solicitor or something to find out that information in a bit more detail. Because the financial order that was presented in mediation, it was just the information that he provided. Nothing was investigated and I, okay. I know that he's hiding money. Okay. Um, and I so, just want things to be balanced. So you haven't got a final financial order at the moment? You've just got this no. order from... Okay, that's good. So at least nothing's been sealed by the court. Generally, how we do that is that when we swap formies and all the financial disclosure, we will go through the bank statements quite forensically. And we're looking for, obviously, any salary that gets paid in. But more importantly, we're looking at what gets paid out. 
So I will always start by looking for where's the TV license being paid from and the gas and the electric and the water, etc. If I don't see any of those things on a statement, well, there must be another what I call working statement. Okay, I want to be able to tally the pay slips with what's going into the bank. He obviously has living costs. Where are those living costs coming from? So that's the first thing you've really got to forensically go through the um, the bank statements. Now, sometimes people will use, like say, credit cards to pay for everything. So all you see on a bank statement is maybe £2,000 a month leaving the bank statement to pay off the Barclay card. Then you need to be looking at the last 12 months Barclay card statements, okay? Because there could be other payments being received directly from another source into the credit card. And all you can do really is just go through it forensically and eventually something will turn up. The only way it won't turn up is if he's receiving an income that you do not know about and it's getting paid directly into another account that you don't know about. But then I'd be looking at the tax returns, the P60s, the the set of accounts. And, And once you've exhausted all that, there isn't anything more that you can do really. But generally you you'll get you'll get the bit between your teeth, so to speak. You will find something. It's very hard to, yeah. to, to hide assets. Uh, it is difficult with him because also he um, has said, because he has confirmed that he's got about £1,000 shortfall each month in terms of trying to pay his bills. And he's suggesting that his family are helping him pay for whatever that shortfall is. I know that that's not the case. But how? How, how, are they, how are they helping him? Well... And that's the part that I'm I'm asking for. If yeah. I need, if would it be a case of me going through a solicitor to process all of this, or would it be me going through it with a fine tooth comb? Well, I think if if there's no agreement, you're going to end up making a financial application. As part of that process, you are going to be um, asked by the court to do questionnaires. And it will be in the questionnaire that you'll be asking questions like that. Because if his family is giving him, say, cash. Well, then what's he using that to pay for? Is he paying the, the gas cash? Is he paying the electricity cash? You know what I mean? So again, you, you have an opportunity to ask all these questions and also to ask them to provide more disclosure. So do you need a solicitor for that? Um, if you can afford one, absolutely, I would get one, 100%. But if budget is an issue, and I get that it can be for lots and lots of people, then you just have to do as much as you can and maybe just have a solicitor on the side that you can dip in and out with. Do you know what I mean? Who can help yeah. you do the odd thing, but but keep you guided. But go with your instinct because something's telling you it's not right, then it's not right. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help. No worries. Thanks. Thanks, bye. Bye. Next on my list is Stacey. Stacey, hello. I can, yeah. Thank you. Um, Quick background. I bought a house with my partner, not married, in 2009. Yeah. Uh, We have two children together, and in 2014, I had to flee with the children after suffering 10 years of domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, This went to Crown Court. He pleaded guilty to three counts of ABH. Um, and was obviously convicted. He got the highest punishment without going to prison. It's gone to family court. It's got a no-contact order till 2030 for the children. Yeah. He's got um, no molestation order, prohibited sex order, 
and he stayed in the house that we own together. I've had to now force him to sell the house. Yeah. It's sold, but he now wants £15,000 towards the mortgage off me out of my money. Right, but if you're joint owners, then legally he's only entitled to 50% of that net equity. Well, that's what I'm asking for. It's 50-50 yep. on the deed, yep. and I've said 50-50. Yep. But him and his solicitor are now saying no, they want 50-50, but then an extra 15000 off me. Well, then let him make an so application. Yeah, no, Stacey, you, you, you know, I think, legally, what your position is. Let him make the application, if that's his position, that, that's his right to do so. But if the property sells and the money gets passed to your conveyancing solicitor, which it will do to pay off the mortgage, then your conveyancing solicitor will simply look at how the property is held and you'll both get 50-50. And without a court order telling the conveyancing solicitor to do something different, then the solicitor's hands are tied. He has to give you your 50%. So just stand your ground and say, absolutely not. Um, I can't afford to give you anything more than, than 50%, which is, you know, what you are legally entitled to. Um, and yeah. that's it. He, his only option then is to make an application to the court. Well, my solicitor's, my solicitor's now saying that we need to make an application to the court. What to for? Get a judge to decide. But why? But why? Because, know. well, or, but go back and ask then. Go go back and ask them. Because you already have the legal documents to prove that you own 50% of that property. It's not you that's yeah. disputing that, it's him. So let him yes. go back. And and I, you know, I apologise to any solicitors that are listening to me. I get that it's not that clean cut. But based on the information that Stacey is giving me, I see no reason why you need to be, you need to go to the expense of making that court application. Yeah, because I've already paid £7,000 out for the force of sale. Wow, there you go, there you go. I mean, he had an opportunity then to ask for a further order to depart from 50-50. So I, I would, Stacey, I would crack on. I would push on and just say, no, yeah. I'm not in agreement. If you want to go to court, that's fine. In the meantime, the house can still be sold and the money will just sit with the conveyancing solicitor. It's it, with the conveyancing solicitor now, but oh, it good. can't be... They're Good. saying it can't be divided because he's demanding that he wants 65000 out of it, the money. Well, I disagree with that. It can be divided until further order of the court. You know, you have yeah. you have the documents from Land Registry to say that you're entitled to 50% of that equity. Yes. All right. No, that's great. Okay. No, that's great. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks, Stacey. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Amy Yoshi, you are next on my list. What's your question? Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Um, sorry if I get a little bit upset because it's a bit raw. That's okay. My question is, my partner has just walked out on us. He's been very manipulative. He's been cheating. It's a bad kind of breakup. And he's telling me I need to sell the house. Now, I've got two kids. One is his, one isn't his. Okay. And he's trying to force me out. But we've got a joint mortgage and I don't know where we stand because I'm being told by solicitors you have to sell it. Other people are telling me I don't have to sell it and then I'm being told he doesn't have to pay the mortgage and then he does have to pay the mortgage. So I'm just lost with everyone okay. right now, to be honest. Okay, so let, let's go back to basics. It's a joint mortgage and you're not yeah. married. Is that right, Amy? Yes. Okay. So straight off the off the bat, you are entitled to fifty percent. We know that. Now, he's also entitled to his fifty percent. However, 
there's a good chance if you make an application under what we call Schedule 1 of the Children's Act, there's a very good chance that the court will say to him, well, hang on a minute, can you hang on for your 50%, please, until such times as the youngest child reaches 18? Because it's always the housing needs of the children that take priority, okay? Now, yeah. or it might be that the court say to him, well, fine, if you want the house sold, but actually we don't deem it appropriate using Schedule 1 for you to have 50%. We actually want you to have 30% and we're going to give 70% to Amy because she has the responsibility for housing the children. So essentially, you need to be talking to your solicitor, if you have one, about a Schedule 1 application. Okay. With regard to him paying the mortgage, now again, the court sees mortgage a bit like rent. So if you are in the property and you have exclusive use of the property, then you are expected to make those mortgage payments. Because if he's left, then he is going to have his own housing costs, his own rent or wherever he is. Okay. So and if it comes to it, Amy, that you cannot afford to stay in that property, then that's maybe why you're being told the property will have to be sold. Because you're not his wife, you don't have the ability to make a claim for something such as spousal maintenance. I can afford the house, but okay. I've not got a good credit score because I don't have anything on credit, which uh, is my only fault. Okay. Uh, really, but he's just playing a game, so he's refusing to pay the mortgage, which is fine. Again, he's not living here, but then yep. saying he's going to fleece me for child maintenance and he's going to pay minimum child maintenance because one of the girls isn't legally his, even yep. though he's given her name so she's got his name okay and he's saying he's going to pay minimal he's going to get his work to change his payments so he has to pay less yeah and i'm just stuck like because he can do that and i'm the one here that's yeah. On my own with two kids. Yeah. I think, well, look, I think yeah. what, what goes in your favour is the fact that you can afford to stay in the house on your own. All right. So take some comfort from that because any application you make to the court are going to recognise that. And just know that the court's not going to throw you out on the street with two children, regardless of the fact that only one of them is his. If you change the child's name to, to reflect his name, did he also get parental responsibility or not? No, we didn't no. get given, okay. but, uh, sorry, parental responsibility. Okay, that's fine. No, that's fine. I just thought I'd ask anyway. I think you're in a strong position. I really do. But what you need to do is sort of go back to your solicitor and say, right, I need to talk to you about a Schedule 1 application and I can afford to stay in the house and I want to. How do we make that happen? Okay. All right? But yes. you'll be fine. You'll be fine, Amy. Don't worry. Oh, thank you very much. All so right. Sorry for getting upset. That's all right. Don't worry. Thanks now. Bye bye. Jesse White, you are next on my list. Hi, hello. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Hi there. Um, I'm recently going to family um court because my partner is taking me for. He wants to have two hours every week. Um, and this is what he's wanting to go to contact for. Um, in family law, but he actually takes drugs. Um, I've been to the first and the second hearing. I've told my lawyer about it. The third hearing is on the 7th of September. Nothing's been said in the first and second hearing about him taking cannabis and tablets and alcohol, but nothing's been said. My lawyer's not says nothing about it, and I'm just wondering how do I come about it to say that? And Well, I've got to actually go to court on the 7th of September. It was done on video on the first and the second one, but now I've got to go into court and... 
I'm wondering how do I go about that to say that to the lawyer? Just say, just tell him. I, honestly, Jesse, I would just say, look, I've got welfare concerns. He's a known yeah. drug user. He's an addict. Chances are, um, and I don't, I really don't feel comfortable allowing him to have unsupervised contact with the children. Um, mm-hmm. You know, would it might it be an idea that we ask the court to direct that he gives some hair strand drug testing? Just to satisfy my concern. Hair strand drug testing, yeah. And until such times as we get that hair strand drug testing back, any contact that's agreed should really be supervised. Mm -hmm. All right, but don't... don't... He wants his mother to supervise him uh, looking at... Well, him for the two-hour contact, he's trying to get his mother to supervise it. Are you happy Um, with that? I said that's a no-no because... His mother would just slot him away with everything, to be okay, honest. Okay, okay. And, and tell that to the court. I mean, I would be asking the question of your solicitor, why aren't you raising the, my welfare concerns? Every time we're in court, why aren't you telling the court about my concerns? Raise, yeah. the, dr- raise the drug issue. Mm-hmm. I All will right? do. I will Good. do that. Thank you very, Good. very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sam580, you are next on my list. How can I help? Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Great. Um, it's just regarding the um, change of my son's surname. If I can't get Dad to agree, what form is it that I need to fill in? Is it a C1 or a C100? C1. C1 for a name change. Okay. Yeah. And do the court hold a hearing or is it just based on papers? No, no, no. It will be a hearing. You may not have to yeah. attend. They might do it via Teams, but it will definitely be a hearing because Dad's objecting. So the court will want to ask you why you want to do the name change and will want to ask Dad why he doesn't agree with your request. Right, OK, because don't, we don't have contact with him and I've sent him an email. That's the only contact I have for him left. I've sent him the details, what he needs to fill in, all the forms, and I've said if he can do it within 21 days. So if he doesn't okay. respond to that, then... Should I just go ahead with the court application? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the nothing without conviction, Sam. So if you've told him that's what you're going to do, then you've got to see it through. Absolutely. Right. Bob, that's great. All right, Lovely. thanks, Sam. Thank you so bye, much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Ro- bye. Rooster, you are next up. What's your question? Hi. Hello. Um, I'm uh, representing myself in High Court and uh, yep. divorce proceedings. Yeah. And the master of the court requested uh, midway through me questioning uh, their expert, the other side's expert valuer, um, that the two valuers get together and try and come up with a figure. Um, um, I was about three, four questions away from asking the master to dismiss the expert valuer's um, valuation because he's been conflicted and I could have proved that I easily was proving that. Um, in that case, what would happen if I could, I put the question to the master and he had no choice but dismiss their valuer. Um, what happens in that case is, does my valuer stand higher than, or is that the only option to the judge? Or what does happen in that case if there is one uh, valuer knocked out? So the first thing I would say is this uh, a question from the Northern Ireland courts, first of all? It is, yes. Yeah, it okay. Is, is, yes. Yeah, so obviously I, I don't know is the honest answer, oh, okay. um, only okay. because I only practice in England and Wales. But if, if yeah. I tell you what we would do in England, yeah. if we yeah. were able to prove that the valuer had a conflict of interest, we would just be asking for another valuer. 
Um, you know, we, 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 we can't accept that valuation because it was conflicted for whatever reason. Um, and then you would be asking for a direction that there'd be another valuer appointed um, who is completely independent. Um, and and that's that's what we would do over here anyway. Because it, it's, it's one thing to say to the court, we can't accept that evidence. But generally what the court's looking yeah. for is then a solution. Well, okay, if you don't want that in, what, what do you want me to do? Court's always looking for direction. Um, you know, it, it wants you to kind of tell it what, what you need from it, if that makes sense. Well if, well, if the court did instruct both both myself and my ex-wife to get a valuer that they wanted, yeah. Yeah. she chose one that wasn't Rick's qualified or Rick's accredited. Yeah. Um, I chose one that was. He's actually a, a lay magistrate as well. Yeah. Um, and it was that was directed by the judge. So yeah. in that case, if one's not there, then surely they can't throw a dice until they get the number they want. Absolutely. I it? mean, look, if, if hers is thrown out, but what she might say is, oh, you know, didn't realise, didn't appreciate, had to be Rick's, I'm therefore going to ask for another opportunity to get another valuer. She might well is say it, that. Is it that easy? Or is it because her, her legal team, it was actually her legal team, her solicitor and her barrister, have, well, uh, it's, 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 it, but it's for your team to then say, absolutely not. We object to that. This is taking too much time. It's costing too much money. We need to press yeah, on. Yeah. We need to press on. It'll, it'll be ultimately a decision for the court because, of course, if the court presses on with just your valuation, there might be an, an opportunity for her to appeal. And no judge wants an order appealed. Um, it's a bit like being, being blackpooled. So, you know, the, the judge might just say, well, look, OK, I'll let the depending on what she says. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking sort of hypothetically here. Yeah. What And, and one other last question, yep. if you don't mind. Um, the indication, which was a while ago, a good few months ago in the previous court hearing, um, the other side's looking for 100 percent equity, sell the matrimonial home 100 percent equity. How common is that or is that completely off? Of their skills. For, for, sorry, 40% did you say? No, one, 100%. 100% equity. It's very, very rare. That, that okay. I, I, you know, in I've been doing this job for over 20 years. I ran one case. That's the God's honest truth. One case where we got 100%. And that was exceptional circumstances. The court has to be sure that, one, the order's fair and reasonable. And two, yeah. that both parties' housing needs, income needs and capital needs are met. And of course, remember, Rooster, I'm talking to you about English courts. Yeah. Obviously, the, there yeah, could be a slight that. discrepancy between us and Northern Ireland. There might not be, I, but I genuinely don't know. But it's very, very rare to get 100% of the equity. Okay, that's lovely. Thank you very much for your right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. Uh, Tracy M, you're next on the list. What's your question? Hi there, can you hear me? I can. Hi, um, so my husband and I are going through a divorce at the moment. Yeah. And the green ice eyes come through, but the absolute won't go through until the financial order's in place. Now, in February, when I had a consultation with my solicitor, yeah. um, they spoke about me being entitled to um, stay in the, the marital home because we've got a, a, a child together. And also, um, what I'd be entitled to um, equity-wise and spousal maintenance, etc. Yeah. Um, now, moving down the line, my solicitor, although still within the same law firm, different solicitor, is saying that the courts wouldn't let me have spousal maintenance. Um, and last week, his solicitor said that he is moving into his own place to be rented 
and he doesn't know if he could pay any more than child maintenance. Yeah. Whereas at the moment he is paying half the mortgage because myself and my son still live here. But um, as of next month, I don't know if I'd get anything more than just child maintenance. Now, I'm just a bit confused because when I first had my consultation, they did say I'd be entitled to spousal maintenance and my solicitor saying I wouldn't be. Is this right? Um, so that's really difficult for me to answer, Tracy, because I don't know anything about your your file, really. Uh, what I will say is that the general rule about spousal maintenance is it's based on needs, first of all. So you have to prove that you need it because you've got a shortfall in what you need and what you've actually got coming in, in terms of income. And then, yeah. and then of course, you have to then look at what the other side have got available by way of disposable income because their needs also have to take priority and if there is anything left are we able then to award spousal maintenance so it's a bit of a mathematical exercise really and of course that has to be against a backdrop of length of marriage um, earning capacity other assets that are available in the marriage dependent children etc so it's it's not as easy unfortunately as just saying yes you are entitled to it um you know, that, that there's a little bit more work that goes into it. But I think what you need to do is go back to your solicitor and press them. That's what I would be doing. Press them for, for, for a better understanding because you're, you're obviously confused and, and you've taken some legal advice. So go back to them. Yeah, because I am I'm paying them monthly and I'm in contact with them all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just now with I understand that he has to find somewhere else to live. Yeah. Although it be three hundred and fifty miles away from his son out of choice. Um but you know, to be told originally that I would be entitled to spousal maintenance because of my shortfall of income I only work part time. I have to look after our son full time. Yeah. Um and now for his solicitor to turn around last week and just say, well, he might only be able to pay his child maintenance each month, which would mean that I would not be able to keep up the mortgage payments by myself. I think I think you've got to see the evidence, though, haven't you? So I think, you know, if you and your solicitor can sit down and, and you know, go through the evidence that he submitted to show that he can't afford to prove it, well, then you kind of have to accept that position. But would he not purposely just try and go find an expensive property to go live in so he doesn't Yeah, potentially. But of course, that that is, you know, that's not what he needs. And remember, spousal maintenance is based on need. So, you know, yeah. if, if a one-bedroomed property in the area in which you live is £700 a month, for example, and he's decided to go and rent somewhere that's £5,000 a month, well, that's above his needs, isn't it? And, and, is, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I think go back to your solicitor and go through the, the evidence that, that, that he's providing you, okay? Okay, brilliant. Great. Thank Thanks, you Tracy. So much. Bye bye. Uh, Candy, you are next on my list whenever you're ready. You're on mute, Candy, just to let you know. Still on mute. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. Hi, Candy. Yeah, I can. Lovely. Hi. Um, so my question is, um, so I'm, in, I'm going through a divorce at the moment with my husband, um, and we currently have a joint home. Yeah. Um, and a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old son. Um, I My question really is, is we're in the process of selling the marital home, um, and he is 
basically not agreeing to any more. I'm basically asking for 60% of the matrimonial home to house myself and my son. So basically I've got my son seven days a week. I look after him full time and he only sees him on weekends um, in the day. Um, And I'm basically arguing with him that sort of my needs are more um, because I'm needing to find a two bed sort of flat to, to kind of house me and my son um and with kind of my mortgage capacity and things like that I basically can't afford kind of a two-bed flat so I'm asking for sort of 60 percent um mediation has now failed um he refuses to engage with that um and he's saying that he will not give me more than 50 percent um so I've I've got a solicitor at the moment who has um, written a letter to him, which is I think it's called without prejudice letter. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're at the moment. But my concern is, like, how can I sort of overcome this really? Because I think he's not understanding that my needs are greater than his um, because so, of my son. Yeah. He could afford a one bed flat. Okay. So so um, what all you would do is if mediation fails and the next step is a court application and you don't really need to, him to understand, you just need the court to give you the order. Okay. So, you know, as and difficult... can I do that on my own? Yeah. Because obviously court, you know, solicitor fees are, as we know, really expensive. Yeah, absolutely you can. Um... Absolutely you can. You'd fill out the Form A um, and you would okay. send that into court. The court fee is £275. Um, you will have some paperwork to do, but it's just filling out a form E, attaching your financial disclosure. But form, ap- e, form, sorry, e. form E, yeah, yes. the, the court will tell you about this. Um, all you need to remember is the form A, and then okay. once once it's been issued, the form will then um, send you out some paperwork, and it will it will tell you to do the form E. Um, but yeah, you can do it yourself. Okay. I mean, dependent. There's only three hearings in finances generally. Uh, most of them will settle okay. around the second one. If you do go to the third one, I would suggest getting some legal help because then it will be a contested hearing. But make that judgment hall uh, call, Candy, throughout the process. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have ongoing legal representation. You can do as much as you can, and then you might need to step back for a minute and think, actually, I need to just dip in, get an hour's advice, and then I'm back on mm-hmm. track again. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm hoping that he will respond this letter and maybe come to some sort of agreement but yeah it's not looking hopeful at the moment no not um, not if you've been through mediation and that wasn't you know because yeah. mediation is where you're both quite open you're both got an opportunity to talk a solicitor's without prejudice letter he's probably not even going to reply to it so i would i would mm-hmm. get prepared to make your court application okay and i have another really quick question yeah. which relates to that so our house is being sold um and i'm kind of asking the conveyancing solicitors to hold the funds and they're being really difficult about it because I said well we haven't come to any agreement yeah um what do I do about that can, can they hold the funds absolutely they, they can legally, yeah. do they have to yeah well you you, t- you tell them that you're within divorce proceedings and that there's no financial order yet and yes they will hold the funds absolutely okay okay yeah. and then I can make the application to court yes the form a myself that's okay. it you can indeed okay all thank right thank you so much thanks Candy bye-bye thank you bye-bye that's a wrap, guys. Um, that's another hour done. I uh, didn't quite get to the 20 questions tonight. We only got to 19, so my record slipped, but never mind. Back again tomorrow at 6 o'clock, so apologies to all of the, all of um, you in the lounge. Still with your hand up, but I didn't get to you. Um, but by all means, come back tomorrow at 6. Put your hand up, and I will ask you. You can ask me a question, all right? Hope that helped, guys, and hope you enjoyed that. And um, take care. Speak to you again tomorrow. Bye.